<clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down. I am Pat B. Over here on the side of me, we have none other than Shayna. What's up? Hey. And yeah, I'm sorry. I was clowning you before the show. I had to get that out there because you forgot the lineup. Yeah, and you know what? I, I called you on. My bad. My bad. No disrespect. We cool? Can I get some? All right. We have an awesome show lined up for you. We are talking about Scriptum AR Escape Room. Now, I've done Escape Room. Hate him with a passion. Not my scene, but it's all good. This is a virtual escape room that uses your phone's uh, camera and AR. So it's like kind of cool. We'll see how that plays out in just a little bit. Also, we are talking about none other than Sukaban Turbo. No one knows what the hell I'm talking about. Oh. Like, Yo, yeah. um, no, this is actually an indie comic that came out a while ago. It just came out now in trade. So we're talking about the trade, the collected uh, entire run. So we'll give you the nitty gritty on that in just a little bit. Also, The Boys. Uh, the Boys was a comic series, um, 2006, by Garth Ennis that's now been made into an Amazon Prime show. So starring Carl Urban, it's got talent behind it. We'll see how that measures up to uh, the story and legacy. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's being being uh fitted against yeah. yep and then we're talking about once upon a time in hollywood tarantino's latest opus and we'll let y'all know is it good is it bad is it happy is it sad is it pulp fiction status or is it quentin tarantino's one segment in full room status so we'll see what's going on with that but first we're gonna hit you with scriptum ar escape room and let's talk about this damn game <laughs> um so they put you in these really like intricate uh, scenarios and it's, it's, it's kind of cool for what it is, you know, but if you're into that kind of game, it's just there on your phone. The way this one works is it's AR, augmented reality. Mm -hmm. So you don't need like helmets or anything. It just uses the, uh, like the, um, uh, what do you call it? The gyroscope in your phone. Like, like Pokemon Go? Yeah, actually, pretty much. Um, except with Pokemon Go, you still see through the camera, like the world around you. Oh, but you don't see, you see. You see the in-game world. Yes, but once you're in this room, um, you can move forward, and in the in the game, you move forward. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere you look. So if you walk beyond that border, I mean, yeah, you, the game's over. You just yeah, I mean, you, broke, you, broke, you, broke, you broke the rules. Imagine some That's like stay in the room. Yeah, imagine some like Bond villain or something with like, how do you leave before I say to leave? <laughs> this is not the way we play the game. Bond, you cheater. Well, next time, hire an inept guard. Every other Bond villain. Yo, how did an Ep guard become like the number one criteria on whatever like job interview these cats went to? Like, okay, look, are you willing to nap on the job? You know, are you willing to you know take impromptu coffee breaks when you're supposed to be vigilant? Right, like, well, there's always just one random person who just can't handle the simple job of watching a prisoner. They turn around. Because like, look, I got two kids to feed. Don't play with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, music cats like. Well, anyways, there is no inept guard guarding you in this room. It's just a room that you can enter and then you can't leave. Like one of the ones they have, they got a few of them. Uh, one of the ones they have is um, you're in. It looks like uh, like a like a fine uh, 1800s uh, English um, manor study. Mm. So you got to look around the sucker. It's, it's, it's a trope. Yeah, but it's it's like a it's it's a functional one that you can use. It's versatile. No, you, can, you can employ all types of stuff. You know, what am I going to find in this room? Am I going to find antiques with hidden Probably. messages? You know, is there going to be a uh, dead body coming out the back? You know, yeah, you stole my inheritance. Probably into some secret room or space. Something. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm saying. Like, I mean, I get it. It serves its purpose. Yeah, so I found all the stuff in the old house. Going through the game, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that, yo. You go through these old environments. It's not all old environments. You know, sometimes it's a laboratory. You know, sometimes I'm in what looks like a prison cell. You know, that type of setup. And the whole gimmick of using the AR, it's kind of slick. Ultimately, though, um, like playing this, one thing I found is it's not that different from existing uh, escape room games. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not talking like escape rooms, I'm talking escape room games. So the most you can ask for is some clever puzzles. And this one was kind of clever in where it places stuff and how you got to find ways to use things. But the most it does is like not give you enough information. Mm-hmm. You know, like the same room I was talking about there, you got to find uh, little pieces of paper scattered around there. And they hide them kind of well. You know, there's like a moose in the in the ceiling, hmm. um, like a taxidermied head that you gotta you gotta oh, look at his mouth. Creepy. Yeah, you gotta look in the taxidermied uh, 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 deer's head, and in its mouth you gotta find a piece of paper and read what's on the paper. And you gotta find more pieces of paper around here, and then you gotta know to type that into the typewriter. You type it into the typewriter, and once you hit enter, then it uh, a chime goes off in the room, and you have to. Like, it's better to, like, do it with, like, headphones on or something so you can hear a direction. Like, would, it, would it also be better with, like, one of the, like, VR headset situations, like, to put your phone in? <laughs> like, wouldn't it technically? I guess so, yeah, but uh, you gotta do a lot of tapping. Uh, which, oh. I mean, some of them do have, like, that interface, too. But now we're saying, so this AR game that really uh, promotes, sells itself on not needing an apparatus and, you know, headgear would be better with apparatus and headgear. <laughs> Um, uh, but now you gotta use, it's better to play with like headphones or earphones so you can hear like direction. Cause when chimes and stuff go off, uh, they're supposed to alert you to something else in the room, but they're not like identified by anything. So if something lit up or anything, that'd be cool if they did that. This game doesn't do that. So when I had no, I had to find a key and then know where to use that key, which comes into just your powers of observation. You know, so what I'm getting at is it's got a lot of good stuff in theory. You know, like it uses the general tenets of a puzzle game that you need. You know, observation, memory, you know, uh, cognitive skills of putting one plus one equals two. And, you know, I can use this to do this and that'll Mm -hmm. Um, But in the actual execution, it's really basic, which in itself seems more like they're trying to sell this game on the hook of the AR. You know, yeah, I can walk this way. I mean, yeah, like I I, I, I think you're right. Like the mechanic sounds cool. I yeah, I just it sounds like it needs a little something to boost that mechanic. There's nothing that seems to be the way you're describing it that's like directly promotes that particular mechanic. Like yeah, if, if that's the big thing about it, that should be your selling point. It should be. And you know what? Um, like I don't I don't I don't begrudge them that at all promoting that above mm-hmm. all else. But you can make a, a a good puzzle game and you don't need all that. And having yeah. all that that extra bit of polish with just kind of a base game, it's not a bad game. You know, I'm giving it a thumbs up, but only because like it's not a bad game. It's just not worth all the hype that they're that, that you know it's being pushed with. They, if know? they're gonna hype it that hard, they should have leveled up a little bit. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, so it's like if you like puzzle games, you know, you will dig this. If you're just kind of like, yeah, it's a, I can take it, leave it. Then don't even. Then you know, just move on. Um, There's more things. We tried on a new device. Then <laughs> it's uh, legit. It went. It went downloaded my phone. So he's like, I don't have a review. <laughs> level up there too talking about talking about level up that's harsh i'm like i can get any other new game that is like nah your phone isn't good enough for this situation it is saying you are not up to snuff oh i'm sorry my htc phone isn't good enough for you that phone took a cheap shot (laughs) all right so now let's talk about the sukaban tribe 
Okay. Now, I, I'm not, I hope I'm saying that right. The Sukaban. Right. I have no idea. Okay. Well, the Sukaban tribe is the uh, gang featured in the Sukaban Turbo. Sukaban Turbo is uh, comics in uh, uh, indie comic run that actually came out uh, a few months ago. But we're talking about now because it was just released in trade, so you get that whole uh, original story in like one nice, neat little, neatly wrapped collection. Awesome. Now the question is though, is that worth it? And this is the uh, street gang of, uh, of local girls. I say street gang like it's a big number. It's just these four girls, girls. who got together and formed their own like gang. But I say it all like it's banal too. These kids are not to be messed with because they are hostile, they are violent, violent. they take no prisoners, and they're like fourteen. So I mean, damn. Right. It's nothing yeah. like people who don't know their own mortality and full of rage. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's why teenagers are terrifying. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, the main character, Shelby, is the leader of this gang. And we really only follow her um, in this. And I thought we'd get the story of the gang. Maybe mm-hmm. there'd be something about infighting. Or maybe well, there'd she- be like one big mission of the gang. Maybe it'd be like um, each of the gang has their own individual tales. And that would conglomerate into this story but well, she was on pretty much all the covers so i assume she was the vocal character when mm. i started so i wasn't surprised that well, she I mean, continued to be yeah that, no, it, that's, that's, that's the boy band technique though you want to get the most recognizable face out there that doesn't I mean, mean it's all yes. about them that just means you know they're the i ones mean that... essentially since diana ross that's been a thing yeah that's a daggone shame yeah uh one thing that bugs me about um Sukuban turbo is I did expect that. I did expect the story of, like, all the girls. Mm. And we just follow Shelby and only Shelby. I mean, not only Shelby. The other girls are there. But it's really Shelby's story. Yeah. Which would be okay if you're right. She was on the cover, but the whole thing is named after the the gang. I expected, like, the whole gang activity. And everyone else is just kind of, like, these flat characters, you know? No one's really fleshed out. No one really seems to have any Mm. motivation besides, like, mayhem. And you find, as you find out more of Shelby's backstory, you think, oh, there's going to be some emotional leanings here you know i'm gonna i'm gonna it doesn't happen i mean you find out there is a pre-existing relationship with her is it the boy bandit it is Um, that's what i figured and it's It's the flashbacks well it's not a spoiler to say that he's kind of her brother Mm. and they never really touch on that like they show you a couple of scenes that they don't really revisit until like three three issues down you know so it's like you gotta have to remember Scene. So, in a sense, it's better to get the, the trade than it was. Read it. Yeah, if I had gotten those original issues once a month, I'm not remembering stuff. Yeah, you'd have to reread every time. Yeah. So, so it's like by the time you would have gotten to the end, you would have read the first one like four or five times. Yeah, and you know what? Depending on how into this story I am, I'm not. I mean, I may not even pick up the fourth issue. You know, I may be like, well, you know, this third issue was whack. <sighs> yeah, yeah, there's that. There's always. The I'm gonna read Bone that. again. You know? If something has four chapters and you read three, you're probably gonna go ahead and read that fourth one. I don't know how whack with those four, how whack, whack with those first two chapters. It'd have to be really, really whack. Mm, <laughs> I am all about knowing when to say when, because I've had the experience more than once where it's like, yo, I've been like, nah, this book's gonna get better. I know it is. This book's it's gonna very. And by you reach that last page, like, you know what, man? There's very few things that will make like if I get more than 80% through something, I'm mm. probably going to finish it. <laughs> Alright, well, okay, Suk- uh, Sukaban Turo wasn't that bad. No. Um, no, I actually thought it was pretty... Well, the first couple chapters were pretty good. Um, I was a little surprised with the level of just smashing people's faces in with um, golf clubs, but, you know, whatever. I, actually, I expected that. You know what I think they were trying to set up? I think they were trying to set up, if this got really popular, that would be, like, the signature weapon. You know, everyone who cosplayed a Shelby 
They got the pink jacket and they got a golf yeah, club like now. They're gonna, <laughs> like know. they're gonna let you in the Comic Con like that. What with the level of golf club? Yeah, people are brought in worse. You know, yeah, they are they are cracking down lately. Well, like, yeah, with those cosplays on accessories, like yeah, fools just... be like, "Yo, I gotta have the realest gear ever, so I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bring an actual." You, know, yeah, so you better uh, get a really cheap plastic one and paint that sucker silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, if someone comes in with like one of the little toy, uh, toy golf set, toy putting. Uh, yeah, that's what clubs. you gotta get. Just paint that sucker silver. You'll be all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I feel like that's what they were trying to do, but the story didn't... Yo, the story is it's just bland. A little. I mean, they, they do do, like, interesting stuff. The gang has, like, so gang activity. Yo, you see them beating, uh, like, jumping folks and beating folks down and doing, like, the whole, you know, driving by on their bikes and smashing people. So, essentially, these, gr- these children stuff. were inspired by a movie that she stole yes. when she was a child. That's another thing I thought, too. These uh, children are inspired by a movie called The Sukuban Tribe. This but is a, this is a major plot n- point. I'm pretty sure none of these characters are Asian, so I'm like, okay, that's I, a... I, I, thought, I thought one of them was supposed to be. They have a whole, like, they, 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 it's, it seems like a very tell. Rainbow Coalition gang. I can't really tell. That's a fault of the art style, I think. Fair it, enough. It's very indie art, so, I mean, you do yeah. have to kind of... Like, other than know, skin tone, I really couldn't have told, like... But I thought that Shelby, our main character, was supposed to be Latina. And then you see her parents, who it is revealed in the story are her actual birth parents. So there's actually no reason why your main character is illustrated to be more tan than her pale ass uh, yeah, okay. uh, birth when parents. I saw her mom, pale, blonde haired, all that. When I saw her mom, parents. I just figured, well, I assume if you see the dad, he'll be darker. But yeah. no, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. So, there was, so maybe you're right. Maybe just like this, this is a world where, where they don't see color. They yeah. have them. They just I don't mean, see. I mean, that is such BS. <laughs> um, no, nah, I, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want it to hold on for. I don't want it to seem like I'm coming down extra hard on this book because I'm not. Um, but it's just like I went in with a certain level of expectation because. Oh yeah, no, the dude in the, the dude in the book. That's the thing that gets me though. The motivations for things are completely unrealistic, and I'm like, I know it's fiction. You don't have to look for realism left and right, but I'm That's talking true. like legitimately. One panel. This dude is a world famous pop star. Okay. Next panel, he gets a mask. And then the next panel, she he says, Can I call you? She's like, no. And the next panel, he is literally unkempt, unshaven, stalking her. Not yeah. like, hey, you know, I, I hope you don't mind. I got your number from you know a, a mutual friend. I just wanted to talk yeah. to you again. If you had to me, it's all good and stuff. He's like, We're meant for each other. Like, oh my god. You and me. Because he was saving himself, apparently. But dude, she said no. You don't like find her on the street. No, you don't wait outside be, her house. He waited so long. That's the thing that got to me. It's like everything that should have any emotional drive doesn't. And I felt like the story was really half-assed. Like in this, it could have been the outline for a much deeper story. Yeah. You know, like, and there was more maybe. Yeah, and the most they had in here was okay. There's a backstabbing. It's like, oh, okay, that's gonna be some stuff. Cool. They gonna they gonna return to this later. They don't return to it later. It's like it's wrapped up real quick. Huh. And I will be fair. It was a satisfying wrap up, but unrealistically like short. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, I'm gonna get my revenge because I'm mad. It's like, okay, cool. When they get their revenge, it's gonna be some stuff because they're mad. And it's like, yo, I got you because I was mad. And like, 
Well then, yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's like just done it's oh. and real convenient. How it played out too. And it's like, yo, what's this? It's 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 more like reading um the Cliff's notes of this story than the actual story. Yeah. So I mean, I got to give it a thumbs down, and I hate giving indie comics a thumbs down because that sucks. Yeah. Like some of these are passion projects, you know. Some I don't understand, them, but I mean, here's the thing: there are good and bad movie, good and bad media on all production levels. So it's like, as it, Indie artists, it's unfair, but they do have to work harder. Yeah. Like, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. All right, but now, let's talk about someone that's the not an indie artist. Okay, now, here, here's the thing. With The Boys, this is the new Amazon Prime show uh, based off of the Garth Ennis comic from 2006. So, this is a story that's established, had its run. People mm-hmm. know this story. How can they translate that to film, to uh, video, to the lots screen? Lots of bodies blowing up. Yeah, it was. Uh, this got this got raw at times. So, okay, why don't you break down for the people uh, what sure. the what the boys is all about? Okay, so you meet Huey. <clears throat> Sorry, you meet Huey. Yes, and, we meet Huey. I know. Huey. And um, his girlfriend's clearly out of his league, but she loves him anyway. Damn, that's, <laughs> all right, that's cool. I mean, it's usually what happens. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, hey, maybe she like maybe maybe she likes the awkward dude too. Oh yeah, no, she asked him out. Hmm. So yeah. They're standing on the sidewalk. She's half a step off the curb, and literally a superhero runs through her. Yeah. And she just just scene. explodes like a big water balloon of blood. That's the one that and gets sinew. Me. I mean, not the one. There are some others, but that one was the first one where I was like, this show is like, no joke. Because it, it, it starts off like and he's the still first... holding her hands. Yeah, with the oh, and they just there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. you see bits of spine. Oh, oh, oh. No, what got me guts. Is, there's guts. What got me is she's just like this red, like spray now, and yeah. the whole thing goes right into slow motion, so you just see it. They hold on it, and just, just randomly, her jaw. Yeah, like, you can see her jaw and like a piece of her jaw spine. is just like, just like floating there in front of dude's face. His blood, spl- her blood splashes on his face there. Yeah, so the show right, right, right off the bat shows you it's not playing. No, not at all. Yeah. So. After the burial of his girlfriend, he is offered a payout by the company that foresees the superheroes. And it does play well into actual celebrity culture and the way we treat like rich and powerful people and essentially giving them a license to do whatever they want. This guy shows up named Billy Butcher. And Billy want, essentially wants to make superheroes pay for the collateral damage they cause. It's, just, it's called The Boys. I get that. Yeah, but it's not all about the boys. I we feel get... like it's mostly it's Huey. Yep. It's um Billy Butcher and I think it's Starlight. Yes, like definitely. they're the three main characters. Yeah. And everybody kind of revolves around them. And which is fine, because you got different points of view. Um <laughs> essentially they're in a spectrum from like crazy, which is Billy. <laughs> and um You think? Huey, who, well, he's clearly obsessive. Yeah, no, so, I, that, I, was, um, I was being... So, yes. well, no, I was pinpointing his specific crazy. Like, he's super obsessive. Then you have Huey, who clearly has some sort of PTSD, which, fair enough, he saw his we girlfriend saw exploded right in front of his Yeah, eyes. she was, was like, she became a mist in his face. Yeah. While, they, then, while they were having, like, this really cute moment. Moment, I know. Oh. It was so sweet. And they in, just... Yeah, at the, at the, I mean, at least they did that. I was horrified when I saw that. Yeah, no, but in the horrified. in the book, what happens is, yeah, she's like you know removed from the arms. But then she just like you look over to the side and you just see like what 
remains of her still in like kind of in the clothes but she's like embedded in a wall you know, so it's like, yeah, let's not have that Looney Tunes, you know, yeah, action going. Yeah, that might have not with the... She, she was and just, to be like, fair, vaporized. If something this. did hit you at that kind of speed, mm-hmm. you would explode. Like, yeah. that that kind of impact. Heck, I once fell and landed hard on my hands and... and blew up into, like, Well, no, pieces. my hand, like, split from impact. Like, so I had all these, like, impacts on marks. And it was really cold out, so that didn't help. And, like, from you can see where my skin cracked from the impact. That is—that's what happens yeah, when on, something wait, wait. hits something. Now, all right, yeah, thank you. you have to, I, I believe you. I believe you when you said thing. But thank you Sorry. for. Um, um, yeah. um, forgot what I was saying. Sorry. I can just see the hand. Uh, oh yeah. Um. So we that, follow. Then. No, we follow Starlight, uh, played in this uh, by uh, Aaron Moriarty, who actually did a. a you know what? She looked I, I, like the perfect like Midwest did. girl next door. She does. She's got that like definite you know cookie cutter. I'm innocent until I'm not. Yeah, look, yes, definitely. Yeah, but no, the characters were really well portrayed. I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, they really did. Uh, they really uh, were faithful to the comic. Changed just the right stuff. Like, I mean, some things do need to change to flow better for the story. Uh, the Boys um, from 2006, as it progressed, and the story, I think, yeah. broke off for Ben and continued in 2008. So you get, like, essentially your volume one, your volume two, your part ones, which doesn't end the way it does in the book. Consider that the first maybe four episodes, mm-hmm. um, which they changed for the show. And I like the way they changed it because it kept the story uh, going and ends a really, one, hypocritical, and two, just freaking cornball. Uh, big um, uh, climax in the book so I like the changes that they made and normally that's really that's really touch and go when they change things for the new medium you know it's it's very rarely a good thing you know a better thing (laughs) and I liked I liked it uh, when they did this time they 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 they, they paid attention yeah agreed like and I was worried that they might mess it up once it goes to like actual screen you got to get the right actors you got to present the story correctly really good character people who are more known for more like character acting kind of situations but they have really stable acting cast yeah I would, I would have been pissed if this only, was all stunt casting the only one person that I wasn't sure about which I feel bad for is H the guy who played A-Train just because the only thing wait I really, Jesse Usher only because the only thing I ever I knew him from was that Independence Day movie <laughs> that was the only thing I knew oh, him oh yeah from. no that was bad <laughs> and I know that wasn't his fault the movie was bad it's not his fault but, like, yeah. <laughs> no, um, he did fine he did fine here he was uh you remember Shaft? The new Shaft? Did I watch Shaft, though? Oh, okay, alright. Well, if you did, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm really sorry if you did. I did. Um, but, no, he was... A, he was he, he's John Shaft Jr. in that yeah. yeah, and no, that would not have That sounds did. like a Saturday morning cartoon so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the black answer to James Bond Jr. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because if you see the movie, yeah, that's how they played it out, too. Like a Saturday morning cartoon version. An adult Saturday morning cartoon version because there is, like... <laughs> kind of lingus jokes but oh yeah God. it was it was it was gangster shaft and his wacky son who's got to learn the family <laughs> business <laughs> but jesse usher you're right uh he does have a certain amount of corniness in his back in his uh back in his catalog, back catalog. but the way they present this role he's actually kind of perfect for it because the whole thing is the character is up in your face and very high and then when he's on his own yeah he's kind of like an, he's kind of he's kind of snotty and I'm like, yo, that, that you just know, works. Like, he has good comedic timing. I will give him that. Mm-hmm. Like, his comedic timing is pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay, so you weren't feeling Jesse Usher. Carl Urban, though, mm, did Well, no, I did not. No, I, 
like Tim Fine, his character is a knobhead, so it's like it's hard to be too into him because he's just a crazy drug addict, essentially. Um, yeah, the, clearly, the, the he has some the, trauma, and but no one's letting him yo, deal with the trauma. The way they present the trauma in this in this in the show is good. Um, and the only thing I can say negatively against it is if you're familiar with the story from the book. They don't go. They don't go as deep as the book goes. And let me spoil something for you real quick, because in the show, he hates superhero. He hates super powered people, super beings, because uh, his wife, well, when she was alive, was actually raped by a superhero. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not just a super powered person, but a superhero uh, like uh, raped his wife, and she just couldn't. Yeah, like you know. But and he, she couldn't deal with it. And she got really depressed and killed herself. Like if the rape, even if the, like as if the rape wasn't bad enough, then it drove her to suicide. Yeah. So in, as far as he's concerned, he killed her. Yeah, wife. but dig this in the book. Uh, she's raped by 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 the superhero, and same superhero. Um, yes. Okay. And she ends up getting pregnant from that rape. The baby is born with superpowers. It bursts out of Shit. her stomach, which is what kills her. It's messed up because like fresh out the womb. Um, having just killed his mother, it's like flying around and his father's just like in danger. What he has to end up having to do is like, well, basically like, you know, swat it out of the, uh, out of, out of the air. Well, I think, I think, I think he took it with like a chair. It's been a while since I read it, but like swats it out of the air and has to like stomp it to death. As far as he knows, his own child who just killed his wife, his partner that he loves dearly and then tried to kill him. He just had to like murder to save himself. I'm like, yo, that's what the disturbed people to think of this oh it's garth ennis that um, makes sense why did he tone it down you know because it's garth ennis. i mean because it's one so thing to, the, i'm glad they didn't do that for something to be on paper is another thing to see it but all right so it's like i know where fair, this is coming from so nothing dolphins are very sexually aggressive in that is true that is true and nah, that's thing they'll play maybe, maybe that's where he picked up those tendencies from yep. they hanging around with dolphins too much but the rest of the show follows Huey. <laughs> Huey is played by Jack Quaid, Dennis Quaid, and Meg Ryan's son, which yeah. was super distracting for me for a while because I was like, I just kept seeing his see Dennis, parents' uh, Dennis Quaid faces. And Meg Ryan hybrid. Yeah, like it was like their faces were coming out of his face, and it, was, it took me like a good two or three episodes to get used to it. <laughs> I, I, I can get over that. He, his acting shot well enough. He, no, he no, like his really, acting is good. Yeah, he seems like solid for the role. Um, the, the characters, characters modeled specific. off Simon Pegg as well. He's yeah, the and it's like you, it's like you see that you see him in this, and it's like, well, that, that that's that's actually a, a Simon Pegg kind of role. I could definitely see Simon Pegg in this. Why do they get Simon Pegg? Yeah, and old. then Simon Pegg is in this. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you're right. He is too old For to play. Uh, if they'd Huey done this now, twenty but, years ago, um, or like when the comic first came out, 15, well, thirteen years 13 ago. Years. Yeah. So like Shaun the Shaun of the Dead, um, Simon yeah, Pegg would be would be age appropriate, but now. Scotty in Star Trek, Nick Simon Pegg is too old for it. But Simon Pegg was in this. And the story behind there is um, the original uh, illustrator actually got permission from Simon Pegg to use his likeness. It's good when they make the kind of changes that are, you know, necessary changes. Because, mm. you know, print and screen, not same thing. And yeah, there probably will be some changes to the world that need to happen just you know so it flows better in the new medium i hate arbitrary changes for no good damn reason yeah there was a blonde in the book why is he why is he why is he you I don't know, know. black why, hair or red hair why or why, why did they sing can you feel the love tonight in the daytime mm. yo that really got you didn't it <laughs> really in the lion king the, the can you feel the love tonight scene happens during the day yes it was weird 
But I think we're paying more attention to the song and how it's being sung than the actual words. And you just like, nah, it was, yo, it's it's it's, it's noon. It's, it's like it's like one thirty at the most. But like, all right, well, no, you know, you're right about that. Um, but no, when they make those when the studio when they make those studio changes, yeah, it is. It can't often be touch and go. And a lot of times. It, it worked in this though, because we're talking about a story where they like, like weaponize, they they weaponize a, a baby. It's like yo, these cats—they weaponize a baby. I don't they mean did. like they, you know, though, no, we, we no. pitted the mother and father against each other for the baby no. for custody. No, it's like no, they no. actually use a baby that and has you know, laser you eyes. And yes, they did, and it was to a dope kill a scene. room full of people. That scene was dope. Man, there was some. Sick. Yo, this show has so much blood and gore, and it, like in some respects, it reminds. You know, I saw somebody make this comment, mm-hmm. um, a reviewer say that it out preachered preacher, and I was like, I could see what you mean by that. Oh, also, let's let's not let's, let's point out that too. This movie, uh, this movie, this mm-hmm. show, um, it's like an eight-hour uh, movie. Yo, uh, one of the producers on this, Seth uh, Seth Rogen, who also produced Preacher. Yeah, yes. Yo, I'll give him I'll give him his due he's too. A good like, yeah, he's doing good stuff, and not just a good producer, but he's also bringing to light these properties that I don't think we'd really see from anyone else. No problem with that. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not seeing Scorsese. Cap- I'm not seeing Scorsese's he's, Preacher anytime like, soon. He likes to like theaters, but I mean. He's a weird stoner nerd, so I expect this kind of stuff from him. But he's doing it well. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get like a Codename Knockout movie. For anyone who knows that property, yeah, you don't want to see that, but I want to see that. Uh, like a Pornhub release. Oh my God. <laughs> a, a, a Pornhub Netflix uh, uh, conglomeration. No, now you'll know porn is super mainstream when something like that happens. I don't want to say I feel like we're getting there, but we, I mean, we were talking about the woman are. from Game of Thrones... Yeah, who yeah. used to be a porn actress? Like, mm-hmm. well, at least she was in one or two porn movies. Like, she did do porn, yeah. and then she became a legitimate actress. And though so that is not the road for most actresses, yeah. most people, after you've done one, they don't really want you to do the other. But right, well, speaking of porn, um, which had nothing to do with it, I just wanted to get us off there. Yeah. Um, the presentation of different personality types too in this was dope. Oh I gosh. liked how uh, Homelander is supposed to be Captain America, the old only. Oh, well, I thought it was supposed but to be more was, like Superman. But both, like like your big, uh, really popular, really patriotic, um, like symbol hero. Yeah, you know. That's but we I got scenes. Superman, like essentially, I'm like, oh, so he's just an insane version yeah, of Superman because no, he, he has a lot of similar powers. Because mm-hmm. he has the speed and the flight and the, the laser eyeballs. I yeah, didn't, Red I didn't Sun see. has nothing on on the boys here. But no, I like the portrayal of the character. This definitely did it justice. The flashlight character, because essentially they're Justice League. They're they're pretty much Justice League. You got you got your uh, you got your Wonder Woman. Um, mm-hmm. You have your uh, you got your Flash. You have your Superman, obviously. Um, bottom line, I like the boys. I was really happy to see Elizabeth shoot yeah, uh, acting it, again. It took me a second to realize who she was. You didn't recognize was like, her face? Well, no, I was looking at her face and I was like, she's familiar. Who's that? Who's that? And then it's, it just took me a minute and I was just like, oh my God, it's Elizabeth Shue. You were like, oh, Karate Kid. And I was like, or, oh, dude, you uh, Back make... to the Future 3. Okay, but I thought one thing and I felt kind of bad because I thought this. I, I immediately went, man, you really need to use some more sunscreen. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I for one am not gonna am not gonna hate or shame anyone for um, experiencing and then not being ashamed to show their age. Well, no, no, Shana. it's no, that's like sun aging. That's okay, not look, from black don't crack, but you got to give them. But we have young. natural protection from the sun to an yeah, extent. Yeah, she does not. No, that's what I'm saying. So Put on sunscreen, protect your protect your skin. That I does like not... you, Elizabeth Shue. Michael, I appreciate true. how you look. I watched so I Call watched me. the Adventures of Babysitting so many times, but no, like. <laughs> 
right, like you can was... just you can see all the sunspots and i was like dang like because all i could think of is hugh jackman has had like skin cancer like six times and i'm like dude sunscreen <laughs> oh yeah but also i mean that's his yo why is every role he gotta be he gotta be like shirtless for like 80 because of the they movie? objectify him well the boys dude the boys did a lot of did a lot of good stuff and i yeah. myself so much... am impressed with the way they process this how Talk about that the boys and the way and I don't know because you said tonally it's very similar right yeah and most of the things play out about the same okay so yo this could have been written today the boys yeah this could have been written today the show could have been written today yeah okay okay case in point when I say the comic you could they couldn't do it today or you wouldn't want to read it today is um again a lot of like random um not, not so much homophobia as much as just like random obscure sex and schlock thrown in, obviously for a shock value because yeah. that's the kind of writer well, I mean, that I Garth Ennis is, and even that's now, one of the things I probably that, give that a pass. But that's one of the things that would give a lot of stories um, like credit for being different in like the '80s and stuff, the early Punisher uh, mm-hmm. books. Like that's some of the things that made them really stand out from these milk toast superhero supervillain stories. But in the boys, you have uh, the breakdown of the. Uh, the whole uh, that first uh, story arc there hmm. was okay. The boys have a showdown with um, the seven, you know. Yeah. And in that world, there's more superheroes. Well, yeah. Than, like, and, and, and this one, they hint yes, but we like, only see a couple. Yeah, and, and they all seem to work for the same company. Yeah, they're not like prominent like they are in the book. In the book, they're all over the place. This is just I mean, the biggest group yeah. of heroes because they're the seven. They're the they're Justice, Justice League, League. Yeah. when you know the outsiders and the society. Yeah, and see, all these when other we were talking about the, the same Justice League too, correlations, you know? that's how we ended up. Yeah, so it's like in <laughs> in the book. The boys have a you know knockdown drag out showdown with see, the seven, the, and what they do is they inject themselves with the uh, compound V. So, so they each can of them, that. yes, and then it culminates in Huey's big moment. Is it's not like in the show. In the book, he ends up killing uh, one of the one of the seven uh, just by punching through his chest, and then the whole thing is like it stops, and like a couple of there's a, like a page of just realization, and <gasps> and yeah. then he has to come to terms with yes, you know, killing. It can be okay if it's I righteous mean, and for a purpose, he and he didn't know, so we can forgive him because he was unaware of how to use the powers and such, and I mean, but they come around also, to... Like, but didn't he also kill the same suit that he kills in the show in the same way in the comic? And it's just, it's just happen? the way the scene plays out in the book. Mm-hmm. It's this whole thing, like, that's the event that turns Butcher, uh, the Butcher around, and, you know, he's like, realizations on, you know, maybe there's purpose to suits, and you know, I don't know why he sounds like... Jason Statham. Right there, I don't know either. Um, <laughs> but no, it's like it's like the whole yeah, thing plays out. Yeah, he's kind of racist to superheroes a little bit. A, li- a lot. Well, I mean, uh, okay, okay he's lot. got he's got reason I to, mean, he to, has to dislike reason, them, but, it's but like, it, it is presented as just out and out. It's like anybody with powers is just awful and terrible, and we should hate them. And it's like, yeah. whoa, okay, maybe some people are nice people. Maybe they had good upbringings and mm-hmm. stayed when they're mentally and then stable. This thing is like, nah, they're all bad, including when he realizes that they're baby soups. He's like, no, nah, they should be stomped out as babies then because they're pure evil from the jump. I'm like, damn, okay, this thing has. I mean, what's it got? Like, I get his Wham. trauma. Wah, anti-Semitism, wah, or, you know, wah, you know, something hateful and racist, wah. Well, I no, mean, it's just a baby. I think the thought process is that when you love any group of people, because clearly you have a superhero like Starlight who is genuinely a nice person. And then you have people like Homelander who are not. And 
oh wow, he is he is he scary? Um, <laughs> no, I do. He, like he if he existed well. in real life, he would be legit terrifying. Yeah. Like oh my god. When 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 we see him on the plane, that's like the perfect culmination of like everything we've known about him and everything we've heard about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, yo, that's that's a it's a perfect play out because we see who he really is and that, and how it affects other heroes too that was dope um it's the boys it's on amazon video it's starring carl urban what's up yep. jack uh, um jack quaid gives yes. a good performance yes, i yep i liked um aaron moriarty i liked i actually liked jesse usher as the no, no, uh, as such think, an unlikable character i like people in this yo but you it know, was well he presented. Had moments where you could tell there was more to him as a person mm. but because of the way the superhero like industry worked mm. it, it it brought out his worst qualities and the fact that he is clearly a drug addict yes um she doesn't make him stable no uh mother's milk i thought was actually well presented it's hilarious that they call him mother's milk <laughs> I know his real name is Marvin, but yeah, the character in the in the in, in the voice, the show is Mother's Milk. The character in the story is Mother's Milk. Like, do they ever give a reason why he's called Mother's Milk? Because I, I don't. Feel uh, like not that not, not in the show. In the book, you you actually get like okay. background on him. Um, but his whole thing is like, notice how he was always the one that was like, "Yo, maybe you shouldn't do this, man. Yo, maybe there's a better way here. Yo, no, nah. yo, he said is it this because he's a sensible one. Yeah, he's, he's like the, necessary, well, like Mother's Milk. He's the he's the he's the only one in this whole in that whole story that's actually like pure intention pure motivation yeah you know what i'm saying and so they call it so they call him um mostly making fun of him they call him saying he's pure ass mother's, mother's milk. milk yeah uh, mother's milk mother milk frenchie they're a little different from their comic book counterparts i don't think it's a bad thing because frenchie yeah. in the book is a pure psychopath mother's milk is a little milk toast at times and in this they made them more mm. tolerable well, um they also uh, i noticed that every time i've watched a superhero property when there's a french character it's never played by a french person no, but that I mean, blame Hollywood for the same for the same reason weird. why it took so long to get like Asian characters uh, played by Asian like, folks. I get trans characters played by actual trans I, actors. You know, I'm stuff not saying like it that. It's necessary. Yo. You can do an accent. That's fine. But I'm just it's just funny every time it happens. I I look them up and they're not French like, at all. No, like okay, well you did decent French accent. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mad at you. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, he's because he's like an Israeli actor, and I was like, huh. Okay. But the only thing I can also bring the light there to, I mean, quantify like how much we know this is the thing. Will Smith, tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth. I mean, yeah, no. Oh, they yeah, clown so. him in. Where's that guy from? Africa. He's Kenyan. Oh, Ken- oh. I mean, the actual country, not the continent. Okay. The Ken- yeah, in like Africa in general, but in Kenya especially. They totally make fun of his accent. You know why? You know why? Because it's not good. Because they're telling the truth. Well, tell I mean, uh, they can clearly tell it's not an authentic accent, and they're like, <coughs> yeah, but that, that I mean, that's nothing new, which is unfortunate. Um, they, they, they use, but not to the degree in the book. Uh, they use, um, uh, I believe it's chemical. Um, if I'm wrong, I'll correct it. But it's um the Asian girl. Mm. Yeah, no, her name's Kim. Yeah, she has a larger presence in the book. She's actually a, a part of the group, and and here they she's more of her. like a trope. But you know what? It, it's it's all good because they still presented a good story. Yeah. That's the main thing I was worried about. That this would be hokey. That this would be kind of bleh. And I mean, the fact that it was imagine. good, 
you know, giving it, it is it is a thumbs up and just a damn enjoyable watch. Oh yeah, no, don't toast thumbs up. Yeah. And it's like it's actually really hard to talk about it without giving away too much. Well, I think I think we may have given away some stuff. We talked about like the fights. I think we, we talked talk about, about everything but any direct action on the show. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know the the scene when they found the compound V itself was that, that was that was cool. No, um, this, this... The, the scene on the plane. The scene at the um at the not like cult but the retreat that was yeah the be, the believers conference is what got me yeah. so I was just like was again that's one of those things when I was there. just like oh my god this could be now because <laughs> like they're so like they're using the superstition propaganda and it's just like whoa mm. like I see this I see this in real life I'm just... trying to think about the allegorical nature of how much it parallels our own. Like, oh, to a disturbing extent. <laughs> yeah, that's not a happy thought. But yeah, the boys is a is a thumbs up for me. Great acting. Um, the story is like it keeps you interested. And if you're a fan of like the of Garth Ennis's writing and you've read the book, so you think you know the story, they change just enough that it still keeps gives you that story, but it keeps it interesting and fresh, which is a is a definitely a welcome yeah. um uh, a revelation to make. A lot of the like now stuff wasn't in the comic. I think it was a good update to make commentary on, you know, the artifice of celebrity and celebrity culture. To work with celebrity culture and yeah. like they cover the good stuff. They cover the bad. Yo, it's the, the voice. Check it out. Yes. Um, but now let's talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hollywood. All right. Now I know you're a rabid Tarantino Ter- uh, Ter- Ter- Actually, I'm a Tarantino fan. I am actually. I've been. Watch- oh, I. I think there's only like maybe one of his movies I haven't seen. Um, Which one do you know? I don't think I ever watched Jackie Brown all the way through. For what? I don't know why. I. I know I've seen parts of it, but mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever watched it continuously through. Hating on Pam Grier. And look at you. no. To be fair, look also I've never seen Reservoir Dogs in sequence. I don't know how that keeps happening, but I keep every time I've ended up watching it, I came in. But after the movie already started. So then you spared yourself, like, possibly the worst uh, 10, 15 minutes of it. The actor um, who uh, put together the heist. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I forget that actor's name. He's notorious for just being, one, an awful person to work with, two, an awful person in general. Harvey big... Keitel? No, no, no. no, no. Not the, Keitel. The, the, the big dude, the bald dude. He's, um, did you ever watch Seinfeld? He played Elaine's dad in the early seasons. Did you ever, did you watch um, Star Trek The Next Generation? Well, yes. Uh, those early, early episodes when the show really sucked. Yes. Okay, the first time you see Captain Picard's all excited about well, this new thing, the holodeck, and he's going to enact uh, his one of his favorite novels in the story by protagonist Dixon Hill. Okay. Uh, well, okay, he play he goes into this um, into the program as a uh, like Sam Spade type detective oh, character, yeah. and the main mobster in this, the big bad, is this dude played by that same actor, hmm. and apparently he was awful there too. Well, you know, and, some people have bad reputations and they earned them. Yeah, but okay, this dude. One of the one of one of the, one of my favorite stories is this dude. Um, when he was on Seinfeld, he stole a knife for no reason, arbitrary. Like they would have given him a knife if he just wanted a knife and asked for it. But uh, there was a knife in uh, one of the scenes. He just pocketed it, and they saw him like you know, and and it was just like, oh, is he using it for like motivation? Is he gonna you know use a prop in the next scene or whatnot? No, he just like had a knife and just kept it with him like in his pocket all day and just, just and, and when he tried, hey, so you know, 
good job today. You know, thank good to work with you. Um, notice you, 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 you grab the knife off uh, the scene. We kind of need the prop back. Do you mind if we, you know, he's like, what? Huh? What do you mean? Knife. Uh, we, I, I would never, I would never, and like denied it, but it was like sticking out of his pocket <laughs> while he did. So like, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, don't, 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 don't mean to harp on it, but it's, it's, right it's that one right there. It's like sticking out of your pocket. We can see. And it was like, I was like, oh, oh, I don't know how this got there. It must have been, must have fallen in or something. I must have, okay, I don't have time to. And it's just like, yo, what, what the hell was that about? And no one ever got an answer. It's just like, know, it was a thing a that he dude. did. Really hostile, really intimidating, really imposing, and apparently like perfect for this one scene in uh, Reservoir Dogs. I mentioned four rooms earlier. Mm. See, four I rooms. haven't seen that one. That's okay. the full one I haven't seen. Four rooms is garbage. This is not like his very, very first film, though. No, 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 no. Four Rooms, he was already big. Oh. And Four Rooms... Uh, Four Rooms, mid-late 90s. Mm -hmm. But Four Rooms was a uh, was an anthology project, getting a bunch of different directors in on working on oh, one wait, movie and okay. they're all a series of shorts. One by okay. Robert Rodriguez and one by Tarantino, because, you know, they're boys. Yeah, that I knew. Yeah. Um, and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the latest uh, effort by T Quentin Tarantino. And... Uh, having seen it, tell me if you can agree with the statement or not, because my impression walking out of the theater was, yo, this is the least Tarantino-like Tarantino movie ever. I can see that. And then you get to the end, and I'm like, okay, cool, it's starting. It only took like four hours, but okay, we're there <laughs> now. It's so long. Yes, and then credits. Like, yo, what? It's a Tarantino movie that has so little blood? Yeah. It has so little, like, direct references to itself and to things. Apparently, the whole film is supposed to be some sort of um, it's, it's parallel a... to America's fascination with violence. Like, how it's, like, kind of embedded in our culture and in our media. Which is fine. And considering he's always doing, like, commentaries on violence, essentially, that's, like, half his movies in general. They're half commentaries, half homages, slash self-sucks to his own work and to Hollywood. Oh, yeah. The story is we're following um, Rick Dalton. Mm -hmm. He's an actor who was big, Ain't and now <laughs> he's. Um, so we're watching an actor kind of on the decline. Rick Dalton, played by um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Thank you. Uh, played by Leonardo DiCaprio. And Rick Dalton's stuntman. Brad Pitt. Yep, slash right hand man, yep. slash gopher, slash yeah. driver, slash like everything. He, he you know, takes his, care of him essentially. He really does. He's 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 his Wayland Smithers. Yes. But this is Without a dude the he works with. Homosexual undertones. Without, yeah. I like Brad Pitt in this, and I, I don't hate Brad Pitt, but I thought this was one of his best performances in a good while. Like I haven't liked I mean, the Brad Pitt performance in? since. What has he um, been in lately? Brad Pitt. Yeah. Uh, this is his first other movie. than his random cameo in Deadpool two. Wait, where did he show up in Deadpool? I, I may he, have just forgot. He was the Vanisher. When you remember okay, when he hit I, the power lines and you saw his face for the first time? <laughs> all right, yeah, no, I, I, that's what all of those, those people like, were really famous actors, by the way. Like Terry every Cruz, single yeah. one, all of the X forces, like, with the exception of Domino, were already really known, like A-list level actors. Um, just some of them, their identity was hidden better than others. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I'm, I'll give him his due. He he's at they that knew point they were now just where kill he can. Them. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I'm talking about Brad Bad Pitt. Yeah. Um, he's at that point in his career where I think he can just take he can roles do what he that wants. he yeah he can just have fun. He's cachet. Yeah, this <laughs> was a good ass performance by him. I I like his character and I like the way he played it. And Rick Dalton is 
the main character. Like, yes. there was a lot of talk about, yes, it'll be about Rick Dalton and uh, his, uh, his stuntman, bodyguard, all that, Cliff. But also, it'll be about um, Charles Manson and Roman Polanski. And... I mean, they're on the fringes of the story. Yeah, that's, not, what, that's, what, that's what I'm getting at. Them. It's like, that was, that's how the movie was presented. There's a lot of famous people of the time that mm -hmm. pop up, either in discussion or in a cameo mm -hmm. of some kind. They're just fixtures in the story. Yep. They're, they're not important to the story necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's, it's following fine. Rick Dalton. It follows Rick Dalton and the stuntman in their, I want to say day-to-day -day life, but in actuality, this is all like over maybe like a, a, a three-day span. You know, it's like a three-day span in their lives, and then there's a time jump that's narrated. That was, that kind of came out of nowhere. I'm like, like a Dukes of Hazard narration. Well, now let me tell you what happened. But though, you know what? You know. If I think about it, I yeah. feel like that would have been very um, common in a movie in that time frame. Like if a movie that came out in the 60s. Well, maybe, but I've watched several of those movies where they that. use that. To, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. They would have those. But at like the end of the movie where it's like we get the breakdown of where they went in life and then the credits. But no, it's like there's a good 20 minutes plus of movie left. And it's a good ass twenty minutes. He's like, I love that last twenty minutes. I if did I, love if that the whole last movie was that minutes. last twenty Yo. minutes, man. No, no, I didn't hate all of this, but I realized something too, yeah. and I realized it like uh, like starting this movie. Um, this is a movie that is really for film fans. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't mean people that like to go to the movies. I mean people that have no. like, like like old movies, yes. have like favorite genres of movies, uh, like have followed like folks' careers for the pure interest of I like the the, the, the little character stuff. These are people who would know that actor's name that we couldn't remember a, a couple minutes back. That's who this movie is for and the whole thing is like you'd think every Tarantino movie is like that because he makes references to old movies well, that have been out for you. No, this movie specifically genre movies, yeah. Yeah, but no, this movie specifically is yeah. for film fans. Yeah, I don't think he's ever really done one that was like set in a like the send up was a Pacific era of Hollywood. Whereas cause that's what this feels like to me. Like this is a send up for a specific era in Hollywood. Um, and how maybe a lot of actors had to make the transition with the change of how movies were made and produced during the 60s. There's a, there's, like, if you watch films and if you're really interested in, like, film history, like, there's a definite switch, um, in how movies are produced mm -hmm. and, and just, like, because I guess around the 60s, um, a lot of people wanted, like, realism. Yeah. And... So gone were the glossy movies of like the 40s and 50s. I mean, that transition is something we know about uh, from like reading background stuff, but you don't yeah. really get that on screen. Yeah, this is like one of the few times it was shown on screen. Um, the best example of that is, uh, have you heard of the show Bonanza? Yes. Did you ever watch Bonanza? Yes. Okay, well, don't make that face. I mean, it's an old <laughs> show, not a lot of people have. Okay. You're, you're younger than me. I've had conversations with folks where it's like, yo, you remember that old show? Um, Freaking... Damn, I don't even. Oh, you, yo, you, okay. I mentioned time. Yo, you ever watch? You remember that old show, Frasier? You ever watch that? They're like, what? Nah, what am I? You know, a hundred dad? And I'm like, you're like four years younger than me. But I realized, like, <laughs> yeah, but that generational shift, a lot of stuff can happen between those. I used to watch it with my granny. 
Exactly. Okay, so if if you didn't have your Grammy as like the catalyst for that, do you think you just sit down and kick it with you know an episode of you know Bonanza today? You know, you got your sippy cup on the side. Yeah. Actually, no. Yes. Uh, but Bonanza had the show started off in that golden age of yo westerns are really popular and people like to see the stylish cowboy and you know get interesting families and such. I mean, so that's the what episodes happened to John of Wayne's the, career. it is. But the episodes <laughs> of Bonanza started off. Uh, everything was on sets and it was really mm-hmm. polished and you know yeah they were cowboys and they had guns and gotten gunfights and pretty cowboys with... ever yeah except for the middle brother oddly enough <laughs> at least for the time it tried to be progressive they're cowboys who while everyone else is treating the Native Americans like crap and the um, the uh, the Asian railroad workers like crap they're the ones that are you know they're trading with the Native Americans and actually respecting them and their and their customs and they're actually treating the uh, Asian railroad workers like real people and they're learning names and yes they cook for them and work for them but they also respect them and they give them time off when they need it like stuff like that yeah. whereas in everyone else in that world not necessarily cruel to them for yes that in that world everyone else is but it, everything is like really polished and really clean and exactly as the show progressed westerns kind of fell out of favor um like those types of shows kind of fell out of favor yeah, the few true. westerns that were still popular were shows like gunsmoke which mm-hmm. were which showed like the grittier more hardcore no, you know everything's dirty and dusty it was like, gun, it was and, like know, gunsmoke and like the rifleman and yeah. a couple other shows like of that kind of i think rawhide may have come around uh, that time too yeah, you know, it's like uh, like my oh, mom the, used to watch those like with her dad when she was a kid. Like yeah, the gritty the westerns where you know no people die and get tortured and stuff, and there are no happy endings. You know, there are definitely so, episodes like that. So as Bonanza, the show that did start off like that, and all about the Cartwrights, who are these this benevolent family in a in a, in a harsh who have the biggest swash of land this side of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Now changes camera type, so the view of the show is different. Change changes location, so now it's no longer these nice clean sets. Tyler Michael Land became in, like, a producer. Dirty, yeah, you know, it's like the nice clean cut family is now like you know everyone's got like you know stubble and. Grizzle and like these sideburns that are uncanny. And I've watched all of his shows. Michael Landon? Yeah. Big fan of the religious stuff, huh? No, not particularly. They just were on in my family. Like, my grandmother was a huge, like, she watched um, Highway to Heaven all the time. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Jane Seymour from my mom. I used to watch, and I used to watch Little House on the Prairie with her, too, like, after school. Um, So, yeah. And plus Bonanza. So it's like him at many ages. Uh, well, that, that that kind of transition happened, and this was the first time I'd really seen that depicted in an entertaining way. But I also acknowledge it was entertaining to me because I'm really into uh, those types of old movies, and I mm. dug those, and I like learning about like Hollywood history and who was cast in what, and who almost got cast in what, and why. It's always interesting too. Yeah, why thing can't track castings happen versus the ones that didn't and such. It's interesting stuff, you know. So I realized like this movie is long, and a lot of it is slow. But I was still into it, and I realized, yeah, if my girlfriend was here, though, she would fall asleep. Half my boys would be out. I mean, you know? and the only ones that would be down with it are like the few I know like that the, are as the deep. cinephiles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yo, balls to Tarantino for trying something like this, but also, yo, dude, it's a movie people paid for. Let's get you know, especially people that knew they were going to a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh. This man has made his bread and butter on you know like blood splatter action. everywhere. You know, gunfights and sword fights and you know uh, cussing left and right. I'm surprised and 
greatly relieved, so refreshing, not a single utterance of the N-word in this Yeah, anywhere. I think that might have something to do with the, the not criticism. Not being black people? Oh, okay, that too. That he's gotten recently for the fragrant use of it in other movies. Yeah. Especially by non-black characters. Yeah. I mean, God, there was a lot of N-word in Hateful Eight, though not as much as I expected. Mm-hmm. And I think in my head, I expected way more. And, and then when I watched it, I was like, oh, well, this is just mid-level n-word usage you know but um when he presented the um when he presented the characters of rick and the characters of cliff as uh the legitimate characters that we like we want to follow their story and then when they do follow their story it was a good portrayal of the manson family Mm. you know what was your take on um when he went to the ranch Spa. How about I was just kind of taken away that they were actually at Spa Ranch. <laughs> I was like, wait. As soon as I heard the name, I was like, because I knew the Manson connection was in here, mm-hmm. but I just thought it was because Sharon Tate was their next door neighbor. Ah, okay. Well, that's an interesting. So the um, fact that they actually ended up at Spawn Ranch, and I was just like, that's Ranch. Okay, so what do you think of Margot Robbie as uh, Sharon Tate? You know, not a terrible She's casting. She's a woman. Okay, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you... Oh, no, I was just going to say, she wasn't a terrible choice. Like, I get why they would choose her. Mm-hmm. Um, what you call it? Sharon Tate was kind of known... Well, one, she was known as being really, really beautiful. Like, that's first of all. And second of all, like, you know, she just kind of, like, had this quality about her. Everybody really just liked her. They loved her. And they were just like... They were like, ooh, Sharon... Like, so she had this this thing that about her theater. people yeah like just people tended to flock to her and they really tended to love her and um that's why you know everybody in her life took it very hard her passing especially since it was really gruesome <laughs> yeah no it was i like that this is a parallel fiction story yeah and essentially it's a fairy tale um of like a what if could happen with uh had some slight changes been made in the events that led to that massacre, and I like that he doesn't harp on the massacre because you think Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I was a little concerned about that go. when I first heard. Yeah, right. Uh, Yo, when we um, find out that that guy that went up to the house, mm-hmm. and this is not a spoiler, but when we find out the guy that goes up to the house is Charles, Charles Manson looking for his friend. Yeah, because he did in real life. He did in real life, and I know the backstory of like why he went to the house, and oh, yeah. that used to be the record producer that turned him down because he didn't get a record contract. This man became the cult leader serial. You no, know he once worked with the Beach Boys. Yes, I do. That was one of the guys. Uh, well, anyways, we're getting a little into That's actually how he made there. that particular connection, is yes, essentially is. what we're going for. Um, dude, I love the portrayal of uh, Rick Dalton by Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, Brad just, Pitt very much impressed me in this. Margot like Robbie, he, I thought, was perfect. I think he was good for getting two very, one, really good actors, and two very likable actors. Sona Wise, Brad Pitt, and Leonardo DiCaprio are very likable. Yes. And when I said this is the least Tarantino-like of all Tarantino movies, it's because there's so little blood, there's so little fight. Yeah, exactly. There's so little unnecessary violence and such. But um, I still like the story. And then that last 20 minutes is a friggin' Tarantino movie. Like, yeah. I, I, I sat there the and like grin so hard he's like i'm just gonna show everybody the last 20 minutes the rest is for you hardcore movie fans Mm -hmm. all right so final verdict i give it a thumbs up because you know i can't i can't 
be mad at something that's for my fellow cinephiles. Mm, I myself, same feeling. Dude, I thought that this would have the same effect as, like, um, as uh, Django. Because uh, you think, oh, it's a story involving, like, Charles Manson, the massacre. Okay, this is going to be, it's probably going to be good, but I'm probably never going to want to see this. I kind of want to see this again. I actually watched Django several times, so I can't even say All right, well, the Easter eggs in this movie, like, the actor that, that uh, Timothy Oliphant played, real guy, that actual guy, mm. and, like, the real roles, uh, the background characters, everyone, well, most everyone actually existed. The minor characters were real people mm. that actually were in those situations. Yeah. They made slight alterations to get yeah, Dalton. They even and got right the one fan on Manson family member who chickened out and left. Yes, they did. I love that. Because like, she's the that. one who turned and um testified against the rest at the trial. Yeah, yeah, I love the way that played out too. And you know what? Seeing what happened in the rest of this, that really worked out for. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. So it's um uh oh, once upon a time in Hollywood starring. Well, everybody. Everybody. Yeah, like yeah. everybody's in this movie. Also, Dude, of course, Bruce James Marsden. Um, um, James Marsden. No, is not that James Marsden. Mar How you say his name? Who? Dude, he's in every Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, uh, Michael. Yes, Michael okay. Matson. Yeah, a couple of members of like the crew are in there. They even call them the crew. Yeah, because um, those no, are his boys. You are not kidding. Uh, what's his name? Tim. Um. Oh, I know you're thinking. Yeah, Mr. Orange. Yes. Um, friggin', uh, I'll, I'll put his name up there. He's in He's in this movie and was in the credits, but they cut his scene out. <laughs> but they even, they still list him as, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'll put up a thing so, yeah. there, but like, everyone's like the in there, crew, including the cameos, Bruce Willis's daughter, uh, the like, crew friggin', strong. L, um, Dakota Fanning. Wait, which it's, daughter? Um. Yes, three. Well, I forget her name right now. That's the problem, and I can't see the Okay. All right, but it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Dude, it was actually really good. Mm -hmm. I was very impressed because Tarantino still hasn't really grown dialogue-wise, but storytelling-wise, this he, might be my favorite Tarantino story. He still story. needs a new um, editor, and, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised I laughed at the Mexican joke. Okay, that's it. Well, going out on that note, this has been <laughs> the Geek Down. I want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed, <laughs> fun-filled episode. I want to thank you, Shane. Hit it one time. And I want to thank you all for joining us. If you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Also, find us on social media, dude. We're on Facebook, uh, SoundCloud. Actually, hear the cuts. You can uh, find us on iTunes. Well, excuse me. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Just search The Geek Down. And, dude, download us. We'll be in your uh, collection every week. But, I mean, find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Listen Twitter. Instagram. All this stuff. Exactly. These... These, these wonderful uh, slash the geek down on Facebook at the geek down. You can't get rid of us. We're all over the place. But we'll catch you all next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. But until then, yes into each other. Peace. Nice. Alright, I'm sorry if I felt like I was rushing you, but I know.